1: And, and and our first question, Matt, actually comes from our producer, Lucas Buckley, who does a great job, actually, producing this show, audio, video. Lucas, if you want to chime in, explain your question here. What exactly is your question you want to know from Matt and I about the Buffalo Bills? I thought it was very interesting about your wide receivers and things like that. No, just in general, like the the, the Chiefs had guys um like, like Marcus Kemp, I believe his name is, like their their fourth receiver, and Noah Gray playing uh down the stretch in the okay. in the fourth quarter of the AFC championship game. And it just seems like there's this hesitancy with the Bills to play uh their younger guys like Khalil Shakir. Yeah. And we keep seeing uh Jake Kumro, Tanner Gentry pop up. They signed John Brown, uh Cole Beasley uh for the playoff run. So I, I feel like there's this hesitancy to uh play their right. younger guys. And I was wondering what you guys saw about that. Well, first of all, thank you. That was actually not Lucas Buckley. That was Ed Sheeran, in case you didn't know. This, right? <laughs> yeah. asking us a question. What do you think, I Matt? Think,
0: like, you've, I've, you've talked about this. I think that's one of the things that McDermott could be criticized for. I think that at times they lean a little bit too much into experience as opposed to maybe just raw talent or the unknown, which could be a lot of things. But I think back to, You know, he brought Lucas. Brought up Khalil Shakir, which I think is a relevant person to bring up. Mm -hmm. But then I go to, how about Kyrie Elam? I mean, the guy was a first-round pick, and at times they were still playing Dane Jackson instead of him. And it's not like Dane Jackson was playing lights-out football. It was just like, well, we know that he's fine, but maybe he's not a game changer. Well, I think if you're drafting somebody in the first round, you have to ride the wave of the ups and downs and play the guy who you're going, who's going to play a big role for you for years to come. Even the same thing about James cook, like James cook at the end of last year, I had never felt last season. Like James cook was their primary running back or was like the guy who was going to get the carries on the biggest stage. I still thought it was Singletary, which is interesting because you spent a premium asset on James cook. So I think it always takes them usually at least recently a little bit too long to get to the point where they kind of give the keys to the car to those young guys. They didn't at the beginning, but they didn't have as deep of a roster. So they had to like, you know, you think back to like the 2019 season and the 2018 season, like those guys got on the field right away. Cause they had to, now they don't have to. And I just feel like that almost stunts the growth in the potential of those rookies for a little bit longer than it needs to. Interesting.
1: I I went and looked at the um, bills reception share from last year and believe it or not, the bills, their top four receivers, as far as receptions, if you just go by that three of of guys, I'm not going to say receivers, top four guys, catching passes. Three of them are wide receivers for the chiefs. It's only two of them. Their number one was a tight end, Chris Kelsey. And then Juju was number two. And then a running back, Jarek McKinnon. And then their number four guy had 42 catches. Mm-hmm. Do you know, and that was Marquez Valdez-Scantling, 42 yeah. catches. He's number four on their list last year. Mm-hmm.
0: 42 catches.
1: Do you know who the Bills' number four on their list was last year and how many catches he had?
0: Okay, Um. well, Diggs, yep. Davis. Yep. I don't even know if Knox or McKenzie. Knox, more. Knox would be three. So, McKenzie? And 42, exactly the same number. Okay, interesting. So, if you I, go their
1: top four pass catchers, the Bills mm-hmm. and Chiefs, the number four guy had exactly the same amount of receptions last year.
0: Interesting. That is surprising. I would have thought that there would have been a bigger disparity there and that the Bills, like after Gabe, did just not have production. I think that was one of the sneaky things about the offseason, though, at least offensively. Like, I think Hardy is around that number. I think Shurfield, though, though, does more than any of the guys that were behind McKenzie. Like, he's utilized way more often than any of the other players the Bills had on their roster last year. That That's just my take on it.
1: Uh, I, I think it's interesting and you could go even further down the list. And I don't, I, I think it's a great question by Lucas. That's why we wanted to use it today. Do you have any other questions you've been looking at? If not, I can give you.
0: Oh, I've got, I've got tons of them. There were some oh. really good questions. Ooh, how there about this one real... just
1: came in? This one just came in. You see this Eric Wood asking us who's going to win the PGA. Okay. Eric, let's. Eric Wood right there. PGA. I got the ball. I bought Max that ball right there behind me when I went out to the
0: PGA. On do you have, do you have a person you think is going to win? Cause I've got a couple who I like this week. So
1: I know, I mean, is this going to
0: be, it, it, it's so easy. It's like,
1: it's like low hanging fruit here probably, but I mean, it is Rory's home course kind of right. He's playing yeah. this. And you know, so I think he has a great shot to win this. Otherwise, I don't know. I, I go with the, I go with the names, the guys, you know, Jordan speed, yeah. Justin Thomas, guys like that. But generally at this course, that is not what happens.
0: I like Finau okay. a lot this week because okay. I like his, how his game kind of matches to the course at Oak Hill. You've got to hit it long and you got to hit it straight. Okay. And you know, I, I think Finau's game fits O'Kill Well, I like some of the live guys. Like I think Kepka could have a big week and mm. I think he could contend for this title. Um, John Rom. I, I like John Rom because I think it's hard not to, it's hard not to like any of those top guys. Like if John Rom or Justin Thomas or Rory or, you know, any of those guys at the top of the world's golf rankings, Scotty Scheffler. if any of them win, it should not be a surprise but I think it's a little bit more of the, like, deeper cut. And Tony Finau is not a deep cut at all. He's that next wave of, like, okay, here's your five favorites, and then he's the next person right there. I will say, though, for the sake of the PGA Championship and for the sake of Oak Hill, they need a name to win this yeah. tournament. They need somebody who's recognizable and notable and has that recognition for the sake of the kind of future of the tournament coming back to Rochester and for just the history of the game at Oak Hill. because Sean McKeel, Hit an amazing, incredible shot. Most people would have no idea that Sean McKeel won the 2003 PGA. (laughs) You know who won the 2013? Mm, It was also a lesser-known name. I know that. Yes, exactly. Jason Duffner won it in 2013. Yeah,
1: Jason Duffner, he had
0: had a little run, though. He had a little run, but not nearly to the level of the guys that we're talking about. So, you know what would be cool, though? I think the coolest thing, besides Rory winning, the coolest thing would be Spieth. Because Spieth could finish the career Grand Slam. He's been wow. trying to get the last one for a long time. He does not yeah. have a PGA. So it would be really cool to kind of be there for that. And that also brings us to another couple PGA questions. Go a few ahead. people have asked, like, would you rather watch the PGA on Sunday from your couch or from the golf course? And it's a really weird, interesting question. Do you have an answer to it? Because I do. I'll be there Sunday. You'll be there Sunday, right? Yes. Are they talking about the final ground? Sunday. So I'm going to say, you could just say in general, like Thursday through Sunday, would you rather be at the course or would you rather be at home? I think I'd rather be at home in general. I think the fact that it's here in my backyard, I need to
1: be there. I want to be there. My wife and son are going up on Sunday. We have tickets for them. Like I'm excited for that. So I'm going to say that, but in general, I think watching it from home, I don't know I here. You know what? This is not a good question because I have yet to do this. I did go to a golf tournament once with Brian Cozio yeah. when, when Andre Reid was inducted into the Hall of Fame, we went to the Firestone, I think it was, uh, yeah. over in in Ohio. So I guess wait till this week's over and I'll give you my better answer. I'll say this.
0: Unless you plan on camping out, you're not going to have a great view of the right. final groups and of the ending. You're just not. Like I remember in right. twenty thirteen I was there with my dad and we were watching Jason Duffner win. And I was like three hundred yards away. So you're barely yeah. Excuse me. You're barely seeing it. So from that standpoint, you're going to see way more on television. Yeah. But a major championship only comes to Buffalo, Western New York. Not Buffalo. Comes to Rochester once every 10 years, if that. There's not even we don't even know if it's going to come back in 2023 or 2033. So in that setting, I would rather be there because it's an experience. And a couple other PGA questions. Some people just wanted to know, like, where should you go? Now, I've been in 2003 and 2013 as a fan. And I was also there earlier in the week to just kind of scope things out and do a little bit of work on Monday. My favorite spots are I like the area in between six and seven. Okay. Because you can see the green on six, and then you can see the guys tee off on seven. And then you can just kind of shoot across the fairway, and then you could see them come up on eight and nine. So in that little area, you're relatively close to kind of like the store and the main fan area. So that's nice. And then 13 is the iconic hole. And there's tons of space on 13. You have to sit on top of the hill. There's not a grandstand there. But if you bring a chair, you can kind of just post up on top of the hill. So back in 2013, what I did with my dad was we just put our chairs there at like 150 yards so we could see approach shots and we could still see the green. So that was kind of cool. So I, I like that vantage point as well. If you're somebody who's planning on going out to the tournament. And sorry if we're boring you with golf talk, but a lot of people were asking us. No, about that's golf.
1: okay. Actually, there were a lot of um, there were a lot of really good golf questions. Um, I got a lot. See.
0: I got a lot more unless you want to jump to any you of them. you. Go
1: ahead. What do you got?
0: Um, well, this one's from Scott. Do you think the Bills need to add another veteran defensive end? And he specifically mentions Yannick and Clowney. Well, I'm glad that the question was asked. I'm glad you picked that
1: one because I do want to touch on it. We haven't yet. The fact that the Bills did sign three guys who went to rookie minicamp on tryouts. One of them was a veteran, Shane Ray, a defensive end, an edge rusher, former first-round pick of the Denver Broncos eight years ago. And he's been in Toronto playing with the Argonauts. He's had some injuries. And I think they're searching for that guy. Maybe that's that guy. I I would like to see an addition at defensive end because we don't know about Von Miller's status mm-hmm. to start the season. So yes, I, I'm all, I'm all for that. Go get Frank Clark, go get Yannick and Gawkway. but I don't know how much those guys cost either. I mean, obviously that's going to be the determining factor. Even if the bills are interested, they are at 88 roster spots right now. They have two open spots remaining for training camp.
0: I got one that's a little bit more unconventional. What about Justin Houston? Would you you go, because it's kind of like Vaughn, but at the same time, then it also bridges the gap to when Vaughn comes back. I'm okay with it. I mean, there's there's no
1: downside for any of these guys other than if you give them guaranteed money and it doesn't work out, which I think that's what the sticking point. I'm fine with any of these guys. Give me, uh, yes, to answer the question, give me another veteran defensive end just as insurance to have another piece through training camp, wait to see where Vaughn is, and then figure it out from there.
0: My issue is I think they should, I don't think they will, because I think they're like kick at the can with somebody who still has game, but, you know, didn't get as much money on the open market as they thought that they would is Puna Ford. So when they did that, to me, that was almost like them putting a bow on their entire offseason. And like, yeah, they signed the guys who they invited to their camp the other day, but those Like Shane Ray is a name, not because of what he's done recently, but because of what he was, where he was drafted back in 2015. He's literally a lottery ticket, right? I mean, it's like, can Uh, can this
1: guy capture what he was and stay healthy? And Mm -hmm. wow, if that's the case, otherwise he's not making it.
0: I think I saw his last full season. He had eight sacks. Yeah. I mean, like we, we was a long time ago though.
1: I had Dave Naylor on WGR who, you know, Dave from the media room. He he covers the, yeah. From Toronto TSN. And he, he followed and covered Shane Mm -hmm. Ray in Toronto and said, when he played, he was really good,
0: but he didn't play a lot. He was injured. And that's been the, the story of his career. All right. This one's from Jack. This is more of a preference. I don't think either of us has anything that we can tangibly say, but he wants to know when are the bills going to add a different Jersey or uniform combo? Cause okay. it has been several years since they have changed anything. So okay. My, I'm going to my...
1: search and answer here. Why don't you talk about it? Because
0: I have a kind of an answer to this question. So. Also, when you say it says in the question, it has been several years since they have changed anything. Technically, that is not true because multiple a couple years ago, they actually switched from the gray face masks to the all white face masks. They were only wearing those once a year before that, and then they switched. So now, you know, people have called them like Stormtrooper helmets. But now, regardless of the helmet that they're wearing, they have the all white face mask. I think it's a really clean look. I just like how that looks. I think the thing that most people are probably waiting for is the red helmet. Like, are they going to adopt a red helmet? Are they going to wear it once a year? How are they going to get that into the rotation? And I do not know the answer to that. Okay. So this is a good question
1: because in August of last year, I spoke with Bill's COO, Ron Rakuya, about this. Okay. Gave me some information on how the league works. Listen to this, Matt. He said, you remember when Josh came out in the red helmet last year oh, for the, yeah. the practice oh, yeah. game? Oh, this is yeah. how this conversation came about. Mm-hmm. Okay, He said, Alan, this is last year now, won't wear the helmet in 2022 because the league only allows an alternate helmet with either a throwback uni or a color rush alternate uni. The mm-hmm. Bills can't wear a red helmet with the throwbacks because the throwbacks use the standing Buffalo yes. while the red one Josh had on is the charging Buffalo. You can't match it. You can't, it's got to be a match. Their color rush unis are all red, so you can't use it with those because an all red to hoe, all red head to toe is not the Bills' preferred look. Yeah. So he said the Bills will either wait until the NFL changes policy and allows an alternate helmet with regular home away uniforms, or wait to unveil a new alternate uniform themselves. Maybe there's some policy change this year, but that's why you didn't see it last year. I do think it's got to be coming on the horizon at some point.
0: Yeah. You know what we'll do is I actually talked to Ron Rakuya at the PGA Championship earlier in the week about a little bit of a stadium update, and he said he'll try and join the podcast at some point to talk about the stadium and just kind of like all of the stuff that's going into it and tickets and all that stuff. So we'll ask him when we talk to him, and we'll try and get that set up for everybody. Yeah, that'd be a great question. What else you got? All right. This is a good one. Why isn't Eric Moulds on the Bills' Wall of Fame? I have no idea, but he should be. He okay. absolutely should be.
1: I don't know specifically why. I will tell you, though, they've kind of slowed that down the last few they years. Have, they Fame. have. And, I, and I Part almost... of the reason I think they've slowed it down is with the new stadium coming, I think there's going to be some changes in how all this operates. and The Wall of Fame, Hall of Fame
0: outside, uh-huh. makes make some decisions on OJ maybe. You know what I mean? I, I yeah. don't know,
1: but yeah. I think it's been, it's been slowed down lately.
0: Yeah, I almost – anticipate that we're not going to see anybody new added Correct. to the wall of fame until the new stadium happens. And then even in that situation, I don't know if what the wall of fame looks like, if it's just like one area where all their names are, or if they do another ring around the stadium, like my guess is that's not the case. My guess is they have an area Almost like like the old Yankee Stadium where you've got like all of your like recognizable yep. people and you can go and there's probably some like Finding exhibits and stuff there. And then you that's pretty much it. And that's they call it a day. That that's just my guess though.
1: All right. My last one for you. Okay. Give me your uh Stanley Cup final and who wins? Well,
0: I think it's going to be Vegas against Carolina. And I think Vegas wins. Now mm-hmm. I know Sabres fans are going to Buffalo sports fans are just that's going my ahead. least
1: preferred Final, by the way,
0: I told I told you on the radio yesterday. I'm rooting at this point for the Stars. Like mm-hmm. I like that team. I know it's the Stars, and I know what happened with no goal. But I of the teams left, that's who I would be. I don't want to say happy if they won, but that's who would be the most tolerable for me.
1: I it's not because of '99. It's just it's Dallas. It's the Dallas Stars. It's I don't know. I mean <sighs> '99 is a little play in there for me, but. Can't root for them, but I definitely would rather have them than Vegas because I don't want to see that. I don't want to see Jack Eichel skating around with the cup like it did Ryan O'Reilly, especially winning the Conn Smythe. Um, I, I'm on, I don't, I do not like the Carolina Hurricanes after everything back in the 05, 06, 07. Um, I'm on Florida right now. I'm fine with Sam Reinhart winning it. That's cool. Uh, I like their team. I don't love Miami winning a championship. I'll tell you that. But as far as the team, where they came from, what they did, the eighth seed getting in and playing and getting hot and they have some Uh nice personalities. I love Kachuk. I think he's amazing. I'm okay with
0: that. Yeah. I think uh, this is completely just a a different sidebar here, but besides like Connor McDavid and like David Pasternak, like the really, really big superstars in the NHL. I think if you could take any player in the league and put them on the Sabres, Kachuk would be the answer. Because I think he brings so much to any team that he's on from just like the way he plays, the way he gets under people's skin, but he's also still a lethal offensive producer. And that's one of the reasons why they're so good. I mean, shout out to them though, for having a really established star player and still not being content and going out and getting Kachuk, like respect to them for that. By the way, that almost
1: allegedly happened him in Buffalo. That was rumored to be happening with the Eichel trade. Yeah. But Kachuk said he wasn't going to sign a long-term contract. So the Sabres couldn't do it. That's allegedly what went down.
0: Yeah. I think that there was some water poured on those flames though. Okay. <laughs> Actually pun intended. Cause it was okay, coming I from the you, flames. Yeah. That was Very not nice. meant to Thank be. Um, I, I don't know if how legit that was because okay. I, it just never really felt like when it happened, it was a no brainer. If it was like, Oh my gosh, you could get Kachuk, Like you would do that in a heartbeat. And I will say a couple of years removed from all of this. It feels like every team won all of these deals. Vegas has to love the situation that they're in. I mean, they're one of the final four teams and Eichel is playing great. The Sabres love having tuck and having Krebs and having that pick. And then the same thing with Florida, like Reinhardt's played really important games for them, but you got Kulik and you got Levi. Like you would, you would make that trade again today if you could. So I think both teams in both trades, won.
1: Thanks for watching, listening. However you consume us. We always appreciate it. iTunes, Spotify, Odyssey app. We have The video available, YouTube, at Salesports on YouTube. Thank you very much to our producer, Lucas Buckley, even making a cameo appearance here on the air. Good job, Lucas. Always game day. Thank you very much, Lucas. We appreciate that. Enjoy the PGA Championship, everybody, whether you're going or not. Matt and I will be back talking more about the Buffalo Bills as OTAs start rolling out. We got OTAs next week, Matt, so I know I'm going to see you down there. We'll be covering that. Got uh, mandatory minicamp in the middle of June, so there's always something to talk about here, and it's always game day in Buffalo.